whatever it is, whoever you are, whatever you're hiding, I'm bringing good news today. There is a gift of repentance. Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, The Gift of Repentance, and was spoken by Terry Schock. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. 2 Peter 3 and 9. 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I felt directed by the Lord to preach this message this morning, the gift of repentance, the gift of repentance. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands to heaven if you're comfortable with this? And can we pray that God will just continue to move and that God will give us personal revelation today? Your presence is so real. We feel your presence. And, and God, on behalf of this entire church, I say we do not take it for granted. We thank you. God, you know everyone that's here. You know all about us. You know what we need. And God, I'm praying today that through your word, somebody, everybody that will open up will gain a word to be able to take the next step in their life or maybe clear something up that's held them back. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Can the church say amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. The gift of repentance. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not willing that any, any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. We need to understand that in the word of God, any means any and all means all. There is not one person under the sound of my voice right now that God is willing that you perish. Not one. My secretary, whenever I was pastoring, she... Um, she told me that I had an appointment with this man. And when she gave me his name, I didn't know who it was. And so I don't know about the pastors here, but anytime I would have an appointment with a name, I had no clue who they were. My mind would, you know, kind of go like, okay, now what's this, what's this going to be like? And so she always asked some questions, trying, trying to help to give me a little bit of of knowledge on what was going on, but this man would not give her anything. It was just, this is my name and I need to see him. And so when he walked in and sat down, I could tell that he was a very troubled individual. You could just see it on his face. And so I started trying to get into the conversation and he looked at me and he said, he said, sir, what you have to understand is I I'm going to hell. And I said, now, why are you so convinced that you're going to hell? 
And he started explaining to me that I know I've gone too far. There's no way that I can change my life and I am going to hell. And so I sat there and tried to, to reach for him. I tried to talk to him, but, but it didn't work. And so I did, I did get him to come to church. I said, will you at least come to one service where you can feel the, the power of God and can you talk to God during that service and then we will talk afterwards? And he said, I will do that. And so that next Sunday night, he came, he sat somewhere in this section after the uh, service ended, the altar service was going on. He walked to about the second row. I walked back. I prayed with him. I talked with him and I reached for him and he ended by looking at me and saying, thank you, but I've gone too far and I am going to hell and turned around and walked off. I tried to reach for him to no avail, but what had happened was, was the enemy had convinced him and the enemy had convinced him in his mind of something that was against the word of God. And what we must understand is the enemy comes against all of us in one way or another to get us to not believe what God's word clearly says. The enemy seeks to bring doubt on the word of God. The enemy seems to come at us in a manner that, that when the pastor's in the pulpit or the spirit of God, there are people today that I know you wanted to respond more in worship than you responded, but you held back. And the reason why you held back was because of something that's in there. It's something in the mind that, that the enemy has planted that you, you can't really give yourself totally to worship. You, you can't really open up because you'd have to do this and this and this to be able to do that. And when the spirit is absolutely moving in a mighty way and the spirit is reaching for everyone, but the enemy has us convinced. And so the enemy comes and replaces any and all with some he is not willing that some should perish, but some come to repentance. And I stand here today, I say, they are very, very small words, but they are very, very powerful in the word of God. My God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. The gift of repentance, there's no need to perish. We don't have to perish. We know that it's repent or perish, but why focus on perish? Focus on repent because we can repent and repentance is the message of hope. We talk a lot in the apostolic church about the gift of the Holy Ghost, and, and we should because it's a powerful gift. But let's back up a little bit, and let's talk about the gift that opens us up to all of the gifts. 
And that gift is the gift of repentance. John the baptizer and Jesus both came on the scene and they were both preaching the same message. In Matthew 3, 1 through 2, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke 13 and 5, Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And so the word of God is very clear about repentance and about what it means. The biblical definition of repentance means to change one's mind. And this will not be answered with personal willpower. This is not about willpower that, that we decide that we have like a New Year's resolution that might last a week. But to truly repent, we must allow God to change our mind about sin. God has to change our mind about sin. When we truly get into repentance and we understand the power of repentance, then we start to feel about sin the way God feels about it. And when we enter into and we accept the gift of repentance, we start hating sin the way God hates sin. Not the sinner, but the sin. What happens when we move into understanding the gift of repentance and how it's a change of, of our mind, we know that it is a thought, it is action, it is habit, and it is lifestyle. And so the reason why we're living the lifestyle that we're living is because of the way we think about it and the way we act on our thoughts. And then we continue to do that, and that becomes our habit. And so now we have our lifestyle. But the gift of repentance says because our lifestyle is what it is, it can change no matter what it is if we accept the gift of repentance and we understand that God wants to change how we think about sin. So when we start thinking differently about sin, then our actions are different, and then those are our habits, and then this is our lifestyle. And what does it start with? It starts with the gift of repentance to where we start thinking about sin the way that God thinks about sin. Repentance begins with thinking and confessing. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But let's remember that 1 John was penned long after Proverbs. And Proverbs 28, 13 says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Confessing is good, but confessing is not enough. We must confess and we must forsake. Anybody can confess when they get caught. 
Any, anybody can, can say, I'm sorry, when you've been caught. And it starts with, I'm sorry. But true repentance is not just, I'm sorry. It starts with, I'm sorry, but it ends with, I quit. When we come into an understanding of the power of repentance. Why are you preaching on that today? Well, the reason why I'm preaching on this today is God definitely directed me to preach on this today. And now let me put it to where it can really be understood because somebody needs to be set free today. The reason why I'm preaching this message today, and I can preach it freely because I only know just a handful of you, so I don't know what your issues are. I don't, I'm not the pastor of this church. The pastor could stand up here and could point the whole thing out. Well, I can't stand up here and point the whole thing out. So I don't know where the liars are. I don't know where the adulterers are. I don't know where the fornicators are. I don't know where the narcissists are. I don't, I don't know where the egotistical people are. I don't know where the carnal people are people are. I'm just stepping here with a word right now saying, whatever it is, whoever you are, whatever you're hiding, I'm bringing good news today. There is a gift of repentance that is available to us that we no longer have to hide. We no longer have to hide. Quit hiding. You don't have to hide. Quit hiding. You are living a life on a low level. You do not have to live. You do not have to live miserable. You do not have to live defeated. You do not have to live down. You do not have to live. Why? Because there is a gift of repentance that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I'm not just talking about at the end of our life when we go to heaven or we go to hell. My God is not willing that we would live in hell on our way to hell. Let me tell you something else. My God is not willing that we live in hell on our way to heaven. I'm talking about a God right now that is not willing that we ultimately perish. He is not willing that we perish right now. He does not want us to die eternally, but he doesn't want us living in a life with one casket after another casket. The death of this relationship, the death of this dream, the death of this, the death of that. God is not willing that we perish. And there is a gift of repentance. The good news is that he is not willing, but it takes more than the willingness of Jesus. It takes the forsaking of us. He told the woman caught in adultery, thrown at his feet. He didn't say go and sin less. He said, go and sin no more. And Romans 13 gives us great insight into the power to forsake. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not be around him. 
There's a major difference in being around church and in church. There's a major difference in being around Christ and in Christ. There is a major difference in coming and enjoying the splash over of what we have felt today and, and living in a way to where we walk in with splash over. And, and he, the, the, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that what? That you might have life and that you might have it in spiritual intensive care. Not so. That you may have life more abundantly. I'm preaching abundant life today. I'm, I am preaching about a God today that wants us on the road to fulfillment. Life is still life. There will still be troubles, but we don't have to go. We don't, if we don't have to grieve as those who have no hope, then we don't have to live as those who have no hope. And so when we're talking about put on ye the Lord Jesus Christ and, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This is where so many people get tripped up and they stay on Satan's merry-go-round that stops frequently at the altar. There are so many people that live on Satan's merry-go-round and Satan is fine with stopping it periodically and letting us get off at the altar and have a moment just as long as we'll get back on it. And right is, that is not the will of God. That is not what God has for us. There is a power to put on the Lord Jesus Christ into a manner that we will no longer make provision for the flesh. We know what, what it is doing to us. We know that music stirs us up. We know that those images do the same thing to us. We know that person stirs us up with their gossip. We know that our physical action is crossing a line. We know that we're out of bounds. We know it. We know it. We know it. But the flesh screams for fulfillment. But when we understand the gift of repentance, when we understand that if we will, will walk through this door and accept this gift, then we can put on the Lord Jesus Christ in a manner that we will no longer make provision for our flesh. Whatever we feed gets stronger and whatever we starve gets weaker. And what we must do is we must learn to, through the power of God, to arm ourselves in a manner. But it starts with accepting the gift of repentance. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. We're not fighting anything new, but God is faithful. He's here. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? 
For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's time to change. We don't have to live like this. We don't have to live bound. That's the message today. We don't have to live less. I heard a financial planner say one time that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. And the best time to invest was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. That the best time to manage our money correctly was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. And I realize that the same is true spiritually. The best time to be a godly person was years ago, but the next best time is today. The best time to be a godly, loving family member was years ago, but the next best time is today. The best time to be a godly, obedient child was years ago, but the next best time is today. The best time to be a person of prayer was years ago, but the next best time is today. The best time to be in the Word of God every day was years ago, but the next best time is today. The best time to decide that I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ with my entire life was years ago, but the next best time is today. And the best time to change our attitude about all this was years ago. But good news, you're alive and so am I. The next best time is today. So let me bring it down to this. The best time to repent was years ago. But the next best time is today. Today. Today is the day to accept the incredible gift of repentance. Jesus gave us great insight regarding heaven's response to repentance. Luke 15, 4 through 7. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and Go after that which is lost until he find it. The sheep was safe in the fold. For some reason, walked away, got away, what, whatever. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. He, he made a public deal over recovering one sheep. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Repentance literally brings joy in heaven. And wouldn't we think, church, if it brings joy in, in heaven, it sure should bring a lot of joy here. It's not time now for us to look at anybody who's 
who comes back to God and they repent. It's like, ah, there they are again. There they are again at the altar. You know, it's so interesting when, when they asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody? And they knew they couldn't just say one. And so they said, seven? And then, and then what did Jesus say? What? Seventy times seven? And so a word to those of us that might be thinking, there they are again, or a word to those that are saying, there I go again. Do you think that Jesus would ask us to do something more than he's willing to do? He is willing that we repent. I'm not talking about premeditated, okay, I'll do this and then repent. I have literally had people sit in the office and talk to me, look at me and say, well, Pastor Terry, I could, uh, you, you know, I, I, could, I could get forgiveness from God a lot easier than man, so I can divorce her and then in time I'll just repent. I've literally had people look at me and tell me these things. Pastor Terry, I'm just in a mess. I'm just going to have to do this and then re repent. I would not take that option if I, if I were you. That's not the response that, that I would be living. But I promise you that if you in your heart will get down and say, yes, I have messed up repeatedly. And yes, this is something, God, that you know that I have not been able to get over and I continually fall. But God, from the bottom of my heart right now, this moment, I am sorry. And would you please help me see sin and this sin the way you see it? And God, would you please help me to hate sin the way you hate it? He is not going to turn you away. You're going to find repentance. Literally, literally, there, there was uh, cities of refuge cities of refuge and 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 they were strategically placed to where when someone was running from the avenger they they were strategically placed to where you could get there and then it could be sorted out but but you couldn't just be killed along the way it's very interesting whose responsibility it was to keep those roads clear it was the, the priest's responsibility. It was those that were in ministry. It was their responsibility. They had to keep an eye on those roads. They, they couldn't let those roads get cluttered. Uh, if, if they let the roads to the cities of refuge get cluttered, then, then it would be on them that it slowed somebody down or it tripped somebody up. And they were running from the avenger and they could not get there because somebody had not watched the roads. I challenge you right now, let's watch these aisles. Let's watch the roads to this church. This church must be a city of refuge. Yeah. 
This, this, we all must watch aisles. You say, well, they're all pretty clear. Oh, I'm not just talking about keep the carpet clean. I'm talking about us being a place where people know even when they have fallen and they've fallen repeatedly, maybe they've even ended up in the news that the roads are still clear and the aisles are still clear. And there are people here that will make sure that there will be nothing that will stand in the way of them being able to find a place of repentance to where it stays between them and God and no, and no other human comes in between that. You have the prodigal son. He finds his way back. And, and I think about that story, and that story is absolutely incredible. And the short version, as I quickly come to a close, the short version is, is he's sorry, he ends up in a pig pen, he comes back, the father's waiting for him, and the older brother uh, has an attitude. Well, let's slow all that down just a second. You've got somebody who wasted what they had been given. Their life, his life could have been infinitely different, but he squandered it. He, he squandered what the father gave him. He wasted it on riotous living, but he came to himself. And he knew that there was a place. And so then he comes back and he didn't walk back in saying, hey, old man, I'm back. Where's my ring and where's my shoes and where's my robe? And, and hey, old man, I, I hope that you, you got something here that we can throw a party because I'm back. That was not the way that he returned. He returned humbly. He returned broken. He said, just take me back. I'm not even worthy to be your son. Are, you, are we seeing the approach? Are we seeing how we should be? It's not that we're wanting to rub people's sin in their face, but it starts with somebody humbling themselves to God. And when he humbled himself in that particular manner, the father was, was, was open. It was, it was yes, you're back. We're, we're happy you're, you're back. Here, I'm going to cover you again. I'm going to give you shoes that, that is going to, that, you're going to be able to, to move along here. And, and I'm even going to give you a ring because you can get back in to power and we're going to celebrate it. That would have never happened if he would have just come back, folded his arms, I'm back, what time uh, uh, is the meal? So we see that and we see this. The older brother... He, he gets, he just gets wasted in sermons. He just gets blasted. I know he needed an attitude adjustment. He absolutely needed an attitude adjustment. My mind goes to, would have there even been a farm had he not stayed there and kept it going? My mind goes to, would have there even been a fatted calf for a celebration? 
I heard a message years and years ago, and I actually liked the message, and, and other people didn't like it. I liked it. The message was, hooray for the brother that stayed home. And so I, I understand that. He needed an attitude adjustment. And, and there will be many of us along the way that will need an attitude adjustment. I promise you, when my oldest brother was backslidden and he was out having a big time of his life, but I was seeing my mother uh, in front of the fireplace, folded up in a blanket, travailing for his soul, I promise you, I wouldn't have been offering a fatted calf if he would have come back on the, the uh, porch. I would have been happy at that point to have never seen him again. Did I need my attitude adjusted? Absolutely, I did. But that older brother happened to be there watching what the father was going through and the pain that that son had caused. So we see when he gets his attitude right, the father is, is open to receive, but it all rests on the prodigal son. And it was that attitude that opened everything up. You might not be a prodigal son. You, you may be a full-blown prodigal son. I have no idea. I just know this, that when we come to God and when we humble ourselves, he will not turn us away. I'm talking to people right now that maybe you've only been here two or three times. I'm talking to people right now that could have been a part of this church for decades because we are all fighting a real enemy. But it does not matter what the sin is that doth so easily beset all of us. There is a gift of repentance. And that gift is available to anybody today. And I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know, I don't know what is keeping you from, from giving your heart to God and starting the journey. I don't know how many of you have you've been following God and you've progressed well, but you're at a spot that something is holding you back. I, I don't know. I don't know where we are on the journey. But if we're stopped here before the journey, if, if, we're, if we're making the horrible mistake of trying to get some things right before we come to God, which that's totally impossible. You have to come to God and he helps you get things right. So if there's anybody here that you couldn't worship, that you, you can't give yourself to God because you got to get some things uh, right first, that kind of thinking, the, the enemy is loving the fact that they have your mind. They got you. At that stage, that until that's broken, until you flip that around and realize, I can't change anything on my own. I can't get things right and come to God. I come to God, and he helps me get things right. So where, 
so whether or not you're there or, or you're here or you're, it doesn't matter to me. I've got one answer for every stage, and it is what I'm preaching this morning, the gift of repentance. It's the gift of repentance. God wants to take us individually into greater kingdom dominion. God wants to give us more authority and power. God wants us to be a part of his plan on this earth, all of that. But it all comes down to how will we handle what stops us? And the thing that wipes it all clean and keeps us moving is the gift of repentance. As we stand together right now, I believe that the Spirit of God wants to do a work in many people's lives. I'm thankful for at, the, at least one that will be baptized at the end of this service. There are more. There are more in this building that, that need to humble yourself. You need to repent, and you need to yield to being baptized in the name of Jesus, and you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.